0: welcome to next on the t with chris mascaro where pga and lpga players legends and the top instructors in the game share their insights and playing lessons
1: join chris every tuesday night as he talks with the greats of the game tonight's show is sponsored by the french lick resort the pga tour superstore the bobby jones apparel company ben hogan golf two under
0: taylormade golf and golf pride. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro.
2: Good evening, folks, and thank you for coming back and joining me on Next on the Tea. I hope you and yours are still staying safe out there and everybody's healthy. I appreciate the fact that you're here and that you continue to make Next on the Tee a part of your golfing content. Tonight, I have three great guests that I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Hitting leadoff for me tonight is a guy who has been a great friend of the show, going all the way back to episode number three on April 26th of 2014, and that's Bob Friend. Bob played out on the Corn Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour, and the PGA Tour champions as well. Bob remains one of the top players in the Pennsylvania Tri-State PGA section. He always has great insights, and he's a great guy, which is why I love having him on the show and look forward to having him join me. He'll be along here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'll get a return visit from Russ Holden. Russ was a caddy on tour for nearly two decades, and much of that time he was on the bag for Bernard Langer. He is also the founder of a wonderful organization called Caddy for a Cure. That organization is doing life-changing things for our wounded military veterans. They've got a new program where we can donate our old clubs that are just taking up space in our garages. It's called Clubs for Charity, and the website is just that, clubsforcharity.com. Go online to see how your old clubs can help feed the hungry. We'll hear all about it when Russ joins me at the bottom of the hour. Then we'll round out tonight's Show with a return visit from Chris Finn. Chris is the founder of Par4Success, and that's a number four, so par dot successcom is the site. And they are a training facility up in Cary, North Carolina. Like their website says, they can help lower our scores, help us gain more distance, and do it by having less pain. God knows I could use all three of those things. We'll talk about how they can get us there when Chris joins me about 45 minutes from now. So there you have it, folks. More great stories, tips, and information coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the T. And like I say, as always, thank you for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. Want to start out by saying hello and thank you to my friends Mitch and Matthew Lawrence want to remind you about their great golf shows. First, check out Mitch's podcast. It's called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can stream online at golftripx.com. Also available on Stitcher, and Player.fm. Mitch and his co-host Darren Bunch, they take you around the U.S. and Canada, some of the great places that you can go stay and play at. They also let you know about some of the hidden gem courses that you might not be aware of. It's a fantastic podcast, again, available at golftripx.com. Matthew's show is fantastic. It's called Backspin Golf. It's my regular Sunday morning, 8.03 a.m. Eastern Tea Time. You can stream the show live by going online to WLXG.com or download the WLXG app. Features our good friend Perry French in the first segment every week. So a lot of great tips and content right there at the top of the show. Matthew also has an array of really wonderful guests every week, and he's a fantastic host and a great guy. Check out the show again. It's called Backspin Golf, and it's on ESPN Radio. WLXG and WLXG.com. Please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to bobbyjones.com. Their new summer collection is out now. They've got a lot of great 2020 U.S. Open gear available as well. And a lot of that is available in long sleeves since uh, this year's U.S. Open isn't going to be played until mid-September and it's going to be up in New York. I'm loving their new polos and shorts as well. You're going to see Steve Stricker Miguel Angel Jimenez and Ernie Els wearing their shirts and sweaters out on the Champions Tour. Check it all out online at bobbyjones.com and under the coupon code T to save 20% at checkout. And folks, this segment of the show is brought to you by TaylorMade Sim, featuring the new Sim driver designed with a radical new head shape to make the driver both fast and forgiving where you need it most on the downswing. Sim irons have an improved speed bridge and echo dampening system to deliver a distance iron with forge-like feel, and the Sim fairway woods with low CG to help you hit it higher, and a V-steel sole to launch it even easier out of any lie. Go get fit for Sim throughout your entire bag and experience the effect it's going to have on your entire game. Check it out online at TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. All right, now back in making his 13th appearance with me here on Next on the Tee is one of my all time favorite guests, and that's Bob Friend Jr. Let me remind you about Bob's background. He's from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Played his college golf at LSU, where he and David Toms, plus the rest of their LSU teammates, won the 1986 SEC championship. He had 11 college career top 10 finishes. He won the Pennsylvania state championship in back to back years in 1984 and 85. Turned pro in 87. He's played on what's now the Corn Ferry Tour, the PGA Tour, and the Champions Tours. He had five top 10 finishes his rookie year on the Corn Ferry Tour, including a second place finish at the El Paso Open. Got his first win at the 1991 Fort Wayne Open. He had five top 10 finishes in 1994, three more in 97. In all, he's finished in the top 10 27 times. Baseball fans, you'll remember his father, Bob Friend Sr., who pitched in the major leagues from 1951 to 1966, mostly with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and was a key member of their 1960 World Series championship team that beat the New York Yankees. Bob has been a great friend of the show over the years, and I'm thrilled to have him back again with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Bob, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Well, Chris, it's always, it's always good to be part of your show. Thank you very much for having me on.
2: Well, Bob, like, you know, everything that's been crazy out in the world over the last, you know, month plus, how how are you doing? How are things up there? How are things in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, it's been a little annoying, uh, to be honest with you. You know, the, the, what, 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 I think what makes aggravates everybody is that, uh, Pennsylvania is basically, there's two areas. Uh, you've got Philly, you've got Eastern Pennsylvania and Western Pennsylvania. And I think what's aggravated a lot of people throughout our country, really, is that the narrative for the most populous portions of a state or the country are dictating what happens to the rest of the state, rest of the country. And so we're Philadelphia and look, and, and this thing is, it's a serious thing. There isn't any question about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's killed quite a few people, uh, very, very serious and not to be taken lightly. But when you have Western part of the state, you know, our cases are relatively low compared to the eastern part of the state, yet we've been closed basically the same amount of time. Now, finally, uh, the governor of the state of Pennsylvania allowed us to start playing golf on May 1st. Um, and then my portion, which I handle now, is real estate. I'm now the sales director for Howard Hanna Real Estate Services out of the Squirrel Hill office. Um, he's finally opening up real estate for the first time May fifteenth, and the, you know the odd thing is you take a look at it, and there's no, it, it's it's everybody's been put in a very difficult position. But when you go and you take a look at uh, a large grocery store chain here in Pittsburgh called Giant Eagle, uh, you've got 500 people milling around Giant Eagle, milling around the store, and then you have uh, where somebody wants to show a vacant house with nobody in it. Uh, the seller's agent's not there, the buyer's agent's not there. The only people that walk into the house are buyers. And somehow the governor figured that that was less safe than 500 people walking around a crowded grocery store. So uh, nonetheless, we were finally starting to play some golf. Unfortunately, the weather has been lousy. Uh, I'm 56 years old. I've played in all types of conditions. But uh, two days ago, we actually had snow uh, <laughs> I saw that. on May 10th on Mother's Day. It was, I mean, literally, um, you know, I've got some mulched beds around my house and literally the snow stuck in the beds on may 10th i've never seen anything like it chris but uh everything's good we're healthy here we've been hunkered down for the most part but uh fortunately uh you know everybody in my family everybody in my circle uh has been healthy and nobody's been struck by this uh, covid virus
2: so um i gotta before we get into all the golf stuff bob i gotta go back and ask you you still basking in the afterglow of the lsu national championship
1: you bet I am. You know, I, I have the greatest wife in the world. You know, I got, I got uh, my wife, Claire, uh, had never been to a college football game before. So we were dating, started dating in 2018. And so Claire, she went to Ohio University, then transferred to Chatham College, which is a smaller school here in Pittsburgh. Never been to a college football game. So we've been dating about two or three months. And I said, you know, we were started we got on the subject because, you know, I'm a huge Tiger fan, as you know. and um so she said, you know, I've never been to a college football game. I said, well, we've got to go. So I make some calls. I'm 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 always treated very well when I go down to Baton Rouge. And so I get arranged for tickets. And the nice thing when I go to games, I always get on field passes. And so Claire, who had never been to a college football game, I took her to the LSU Georgia game in wow. two thousand eighteen. Oh, hundred three thousand people. We did we got to New Orleans on uh Thursday night. We never saw, we didn't see a cloud for four days. It was beautiful. She got the whole experience, and then she just she is, she's almost as big a fan as I am. So fast forward in November. Now, my daughter, who just graduated from the University of Colorado at Boulder, um, she had Dad's weekend. It was the same weekend as LSU, Alabama. So I'm like, oh, gosh, but I got to go. So I go out there to Boulder. I'm with my, my buddy Toby O'Brien, whose daughter goes out there as well. And it's Colorado, Stanford. Now, look, I love my daughter. I'm a proud, you know, Colorado Buffalo dad, but I'm an LSU guy. So we we (laughs) had box seats. My my daughter works, the athletic director, Rick George, who used to be the uh the commissioner of the PGA Tour champions, and also uh he was the tournament chairman for the tournament that on the PGA Tour we were in Mormon. So I've known Rick for a long time. So Libby works for Rick, got his tickets, club level. We watched about four minutes of the colorado Stanford game. We spent most of the time inside at the club level having a few beers, watching LSU beat Alabama. So Sunday night, it's kind of a long story. So Sunday night, I come home. Claire and I, we got married in September. We bought a house together. And I, you know, a late night flight, I roll into my house at one o'clock in the morning. The lights are on the front of the house and I pull up my driveway. And Claire, while I was gone, had purchased and hung an LSU flag at my house. So here I am in Pittsburgh. Everybody knows whose house it is because I'm the only person with an LSU flag flying. <laughs> and uh and Claire she is she is an enormous LSU fan now. And we were both uh, we were both delighted. And I, I think that when you go and you take a look at that team, you take a look at the coach. Um I I just think it was it was meant to be. A, coach O was an unbelievable coach in the season that Joe Burrow had um is you know obviously it's one for the record books, but you know the, he's just such a wonderful kid, and everybody that watched his Heisman acceptance speech when you go and you you realize that you know just by talking about uh you know southeastern Ohio and Athens County and how impoverished it is, you know just by just by those words raising over half a million dollars for the food pantry um and every from every indication uh that i've heard is that he showed up you know obviously the number one pick the the bengals got him they got rid of andy dalton um everybody in the with with regard to the bengals is saying that the kid showed up like four or five months ahead of anybody else because he's been studying the playbook since like january and um you know it's unheard of but it was it was a wonderful wonderful season 15 and 0 and um Clemson was a hell of a football team, but uh, the real Tigers won that night.
2: So you mentioned Burrow now as a Bengal. As we are both Steeler fans, how are you going to feel yes. about him showing up in a Bengals uniform?
1: Well, I tell you, I'm going to be. I am going to be pulling for him. I pray that he does not get hurt because I, I genuinely like this kid. Uh, he's just a nice kid. He's humble. He's worked his rear end off. I'm gonna pray that Joe Burrow throws for 400 yards and the Bengals lose 21 to seven. How's that? <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, you got. Um, that's what you got to do. You got to put. You can you can I pull know. for the kid, but you you can't pull for the you can't pull for the team. You so can't again, pull for the that uniform. No. Right. One touchdown. One touchdown. 400 yards. No interceptions. Doesn't get hurt, and his team loses 21 to seven. That'd be just
2: fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, I want to get an update on your son, Andrew. I know he was uh, playing college golf down at uh, Central Alabama Community College for Dave Jennings um, with uh, obviously schools getting cut short this year and that sort of thing. What's going on with Andrew?
1: Well, Andrew had uh, he had a nice summer. He played well in some tournaments Then he got to school and played pretty well in the fall. And then this thing hit. Um, he had qualified for the for, you know, the next tournament and um and the whole season got canceled. Now, what The nice thing that the, that the National Junior College Athletic Association did is that they gave all of the kids, you know, it's a two-year school, so if, when you're in your, when you're second year, you're basically a senior, they gave them all a, uh, a bonus year. So their eligibility, everything is good. So Andrew is going to transfer to another junior college in Birmingham called Jefferson County. Um, that's because Dave, you know, Dave, you know, as, as everybody who pays any attention to college golf, you know, these coaches, they make their, they make their teams two and three years in advance. And so when this thing hit and then when the, when the, when the, the gratis year was gifted, Coach Jennings called me up. He said, look, he said, I I love him. He said, but I, all my scholarships are gone. And he said, so I've made some calls. And so Andrew's going to go in. And the nice thing is with this program, again, it's another very small school just outside of Birmingham. But they uh, they play in practice at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, and they play almost an identical schedule to what Dave Jennings does. Within the you know, if anybody follows golf uh, rapidly, uh, you know they won the uh, they won the national championship in 2019. So this this little Jefferson County Community College is uh, play the same schedule. So Andrew's going to get a lot of exposure, a lot of experience. His grades were good and uh Lord willing, he's going to have a very good summer. And we found out today, he played very well last year in the Eastern Amber. We found out that that tournament's been canceled. And so, uh, you know, we're praying that some of these other tournaments that he's going to get into do not get canceled. And then he'll move on to Jefferson County in the fall and hopefully have a good year. Then uh, Lord willing in uh, 21, 2021, he's going to be playing division one golf for his last two years. So it's a roundabout way to go about it. But, uh, as 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 your as your listeners probably remember or if they're familiar, if they're Bubba Watson fan Bubba Watson fans, uh Bubba Watson made this made the same type of thing. He played two years at a junior college, ended up going to Georgia, you know, wins two master titles. Paul Azinger did the same thing, went to Brevard. Paul couldn't play dead in the western and uh goes to Brevard and he, he learned how to play the game of golf, goes to Florida State. And um you know, ended up winning the uh, the p g a championship at twelve other times on the p g a tour, so there's different ways to go about it and uh Andrew is trem- tremendously talented. He was out uh, playing and practicing today at about seven thirty eight o'clock this morning, and uh he's going to have a good summer, and he's looking forward to playing uh, this coming fall at Jefferson county.
2: Ah uh, well, good for him, and I wish him all the best. Uh, look forward to seeing watching his success while he's down there. Um, switching gears a little bit. Bob, obviously, COVID-19 is is all the rage and, and that sort of thing. I, I wanted to get your thoughts. As a guy who played on tour for as many years as you did, and now knowing about COVID-19 and how contagious it can be, and you know even asymptomatic people obviously can can uh, uh, pass it along. Would would it give you pause playing out on the tour right now, interacting with fans and all the people that are associated? with a with a PGA Tour event, the volunteers and all that sort of thing, would you be nervous at all playing?
1: No, I I, I personally would not be, Chris, but I understand, um, you know, some people might be. And, and I take a look at it. Number one, I, I always take a look at the glasses half full. Cool. And so <clears throat> when you take a look at this virus, and again, it's devastating, especially devastating among the older community um, and people that have preexisting conditions. I mean, what this thing has done to, the elderly and, and senior homes, it's just, it's devastating. Um, but when you take a look at it, it has about a 98 and a half percent survival rate. So this is not like something where if you get it, it's a death sentence. Uh, looking at myself personally, uh, I have, I've have never smoked in my life. Um, I am, I'm healthy as healthy can be. I have no pre-existing conditions. I have no respiratory issues. And I, I personally would not be you know, in the in the least bit concerned about it. Um now if you have somebody that has been, you know, that's you know, forty, forty years old or so, that was playing on the PG tour and had smoked for, you know, 10, 12 years, 15 years, that might be a totally different thing. Uh but no, for me personally I would not be I would not be in the least bit concerned. And I, I take the precautions. I mean one of the things that we did at Howard Hanna, real estate services, and uh just so people know, Howard Hanna Real Estate Services is the third largest real estate company in the United States. And we only operate in nine States. Uh, the volume that we create in the States in which we operate is immense. Um, and we are, we're also the largest family owned real estate company in the United States. We closed our offices, uh, March 18th. And so I have basically been working out of my home office here for just about two months. And, um, Taking all the precautions I don't you know I don't you know obviously you can't go out to restaurants um you know you can't go to movie theaters this that and the other so literally my my travels during the course of the day have been you know going to the grocery store going to the office once or twice a week to make sure that everything is running properly in there with especially with mail and contracts coming in but i've 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 paid attention to it, but i'm not I'm not fearful of it if that makes sense,
2: yeah, it does and Bob, Bob, as we see you, the PGA Tour is going to get back out there, the Champions Tour, all the, you know, all the tours are going to come back uh, in a few weeks. But having come, having them come back, it's going to be without fans, at least initially. At, at what point, and it sounds like you, you're you almost in the camp of, why not now? But at what, what point do you think the PGA Tour is going to allow people back to watch?
1: I think that they're probably going to take a look. I, I think that they're going to pay very close attention to number one to see as as they play i'm going to think they're going to t- pay close attention to see if the players or caddies get it And i don't know what they're going to do with caddies it might be something where the caddies actually use a cart um and their distance from the player you know when you sit in a cart and they got the clubs in the back uh you don't have you can you can get within you know you can say 6 feet apart um i don't know i i it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the caddies but I think that what this PGA tour is going to do, they're going to take a look in the city by city basis where the tour plays. They're going to take a look at the rate of the infection. They're going to probably take a look at the death rate and they're going to probably, you know, maybe try it for two or three weeks and see how it goes. And if you've got a spike where a ton of players are getting sick or the caddies are getting sick, or the rules officials are getting sick, then it end up they could end up calling off the rest of the season. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, the good thing, the nice thing about professional athletes, not just golf, but all around. I mean, they're young people. And for the most part, they don't smoke. And for the most part, they're very healthy. Again, I think that I i don't want to necessarily say that it's all all much ado about nothing because it's not. But again, you have to take a look at it. Even if you get it, it's not an automatic death sentence. Ninety eight and a half percent survival rate with this thing. So it's most people that get it, uh, vast majority of them, they, you know, they, they feel terrible for about a week to 10 days, kind of like you would if you got a serious case of the regular flu. Um, but I think that I think moving forward, I think we're going to start seeing fans they are supposed to start up in the middle of June. I think you're going to start seeing fans by the middle of July. And I think that by the time, you know, the U S open, the masters comes in the fall, I think you're going to see full galleries. And I think that a lot of people are going to, You know, get, get, get rid of the, you know, the, the first knee jerk reaction in terms of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The sky is falling and realize, yeah, okay. You know, the people that are, the people that are in the high risk areas are the people that should be quarantined. And if you're, you know, if you do get it, you know, obviously you want to stay away from, uh, you know, the people in the high risk groups. But I think that by the time, I think after about a month, I think the PGA Tour is going to be rocking and rolling with fans out there.
2: So let's talk about two of the things you just mentioned. You talk about if a caddy or someone, one of the players, uh, were to get it. If that is, is that the tipping point? If, if at some point we get it, we under we hear that a player has come down with it or a caddy has tested positive. Is that the shutdown moment?
1: No, I think that what they'll probably end up doing is they'll probably end up quarantining that individual player. I think that uh, the same thing with the caddy. I think that, I think if you sit there so, uh you know let's say that you know let's say that they get when they play memorial in july and they're in columbus ohio and next thing you know the following week you know 32 players come down with this thing then i think that they're going to have to take a look at it but if it's a sporadic thing where one or two players get it um i just think that they're probably gonna end up quarantining those players and i'm sure that they're going to take temperatures and they're going to take swabs and all this that and the other tour is you know, they don't want to, they don't want to put their players at risk. They certainly don't want to put the fans at risk, but also to realize that the players, uh, you know, they're independent contractors. They don't have to play. The, I, you know, you talk about these players, Chris, and here's, you know, I take a look at the years I was on, on the PJ Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour and the Champions Tour. You know, the, the greatest, next to the birth of my kids, The the greatest day ever was when I got my PGA tour card for the first time. And I you know, I went to Q school and my, I was a journeyman. I didn't have a cup of coffee until I had like a cup of coffee, a ham sandwich, and maybe like a muffin for, for dessert. It was a <laughs> it wasn't exactly a flash in the pan. I spent enough time out there and and uh and had opportunities to win on the PGA tour. But I can tell you that it that getting your PGA tour card is it literally you you eat, sleep and drink and dream about it since the moment you started playing golf and to finally achieve the status of being a PGA tour member where you're playing on television, you're playing the greatest golf courses in the world against your heroes. It is the greatest event next to watching your child get born. Um, I feel so terribly for the guys that that grounded out on the corn Ferry tour last year, to receive full exempt status on the PGA Tour, so it's a dream come true. It's a year-long grind on the Corn Ferry Tour, get the card finally on the PGA Tour, only to have this happen. I mean, yeah. it is such a I, I can't I cannot imagine the pit in everybody's stomach when you know after midway through round one of the Players Championship, the tour said, um, "We're done for the year. Let's see where we are." I just, just, the level of disappointment to me is mind numbing. I feel terrible for those kids.
2: The other thing you talked about are some of the events coming up later in the fall, right? We've got the Masters now in November and we got the Ryder Cup. I mean, with a a fanless, a patronless Masters and a fanless Ryder Cup are two things I can't fathom, Bob. If we got to that, yeah. I don't think it's going
1: to be the. I don't think it's going to be the case, Chris. I honestly don't. I think that, uh, again, I honestly think, number one, you know, again, as I stated, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. Uh, number one, I know that the greatest minds, not only in our country, but around the world, are doing everything they possibly can to get this virus figured out and to come up with some type of a vaccine, some type of remedy. A lot of resources being poured into it, and a lot of very big brain people are working on this. Number two, I honestly think that, you know, you can start to see it now with the states opening up. You know, people are getting a little bit fed up, and they're looking at the numbers like, an okay, yeah, oh, it's it's nothing to laugh at. But, you know, I, I've got a friend of mine uh, who owns a little business out in uh, Monterey, California, named Phil Robinson. The Phil was the tour rep for Orlamar Golf when I was on tour. He was, He is absolutely beautiful. It's hilarious. he's he's from the UK and he's got this little restaurant bar that he owns out of Monterey called Britannia arms. And he made the point, he said, look, he said, there are 450. Now this was two weeks ago. That might change now, but two weeks ago, he said there's 455,000 people that live in Monterey County. He said, we have had five deaths and we have closed everything down and people are losing their businesses. So I, I think that by the time we come to November, uh, for the Masters in September and October, I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna have fans. It might be something where they limit it, but I think that there are gonna be fans. I think uh, you know at the Masters we'll have patrons, we will have galleries, and I think that the initial shock of this thing will have will have worn off to a certain extent. We can start seeing some people go to college football games and basketball games. I I think that we'll get through that. But uh, you know the Ryder Cup just would not be the same if, without fans. I I agree with you wholeheartedly and especially the roars on the back nine of Augusta National Golf. It would be really, yep. really strange.
2: Yep, agreed. Bob, one more before I let you go, and I, and I want to switch gears because I know you're doing some some teaching from time to time, and uh, I want to get a quick tip from you because one of the things that I hear from from your peers, is one of the biggest differences between weekend hackers like me and pros like you is you guys hit the ball in the center of the club face almost every time. And, and we do not. Um, I wanted to see if you could give us a tip for how can we do a better job of squaring the club face and getting center contact more frequently.
1: That's a great question. So everybody that's listening has to remember that the golf swing and how you swing the golf club is built around four components. It's built around your grip, your posture, your ball position, your alignment. Okay. Those four things are going to dictate how you swing the golf club. The most important component is the grip. So the, the best way to describe how you grip a golf club, and, and not every grip is the same for every person because we're all built a little bit differently. But if you can imagine, if you stand straight up and you've got your feet, you know, the instep, the width of your stance should be about the the, the, but the inside of your hips should be equidistant to the, the, the instep of your feet. Okay, that's about how wide your feet should be. Any wider than that, you, you're basically you're restricting lateral motion more narrow, you can't do lateral motion. Doesn't support lateral motion. Supports vertical motion, such as jumping. So with your feet set, like I said, the instep about as wide as your hip sockets. <clears throat> just let's just stand and let your arms hang down to your side. And when you look straight down, your lead hand, if you're right-handed, it's going to be your left hand. If you're right, if you're left-handed, it's going to be your right hand. You look down. You see how many knuckles do you see on the top of your left on your lead hand? I'll save this. Make it easy just for your right-handed players on your left hand. So when my arm hangs down to my side, I look down, I see two and a half knuckles on my left side. So the way you want to grip the golf club is you grip the golf club looking straight down, not with your head tilted to the left, looking straight down. If you can see two to three knuckles, the same as you did when your left hand is laying at your side, just resting as you would hanging from your shoulders, the club face is going to be returned to square more often than not because the natural position For your left hand, when it's at your left side, that's where the moment of impact is. For for a right-handed player, the moment of impact, basically, your left arm is returning to your left side. So if you grip it, like I said, when your arm's hanging down, you see two to three knuckles. When you grip the golf club, you should see those same two to three knuckles on top of that club. And when you do that, you see the V created between your index finger and your thumb goes towards your right shoulder. Your right hand comes on and basically just mirrors that. The, The point is this. If your arms are just swinging, okay, and that the, you grip the club properly, when you see the, mold, the, the knuckles up at, at address, the same knuckles are going to be up at the moment of impact, you do not have to manipulate your forearms or your hands in a millisecond to square the club face up. The other thing that I would see that I see a lot with players is, is posture. Here's the, here's the number one thing you have to remember, and posture is it, it's, it's very simple. All the other sports that all the other play, all the other golfers have played. Okay. So the people out there listening, they've all played baseball, they've played basketball, they've played football, and they've wrestled. The same setup position in the game of golf is identical to each of those. So you think about a guy playing shortstop. You've got a little flex in your knees. Your butt is up and out. Your back is relatively straight. And you've got the weight on the balls of your feet in terms of the width of your stance. Again, I go back to the instep. Is as wide as your hip socket, so you can support lateral motion, yet still promote rotation in your lower body, okay? So not to get technical, if you're going to play basketball, you're going to guard somebody in basketball, your feet are going to be about the same distance apart as they would be in the golf swing. Your back is erect, your butt is up and out, and the weight's on the balls of your feet. Just stick a golf club in your hand, and that is an athletic posture. Most people have terrible posture, and they have a terrible grip. So I think that if you can do just those two things right there, you're going to see a dramatic improvement in your in your ball striking ability. You know, it's a, it's I remember years ago I I played a, a number of casual rounds with Jack Nicklaus, and uh, also had the opportunity to play a couple of practice rounds with him at Memorial. Um, I ran into the locker room. He said, "Hey, friend, let's go play." So Jack Nicklaus asked you, to go play a practice round. You're going to go play a practice round. But I always remembered him talking about. You know, he was talking with his son, Jackie, who was out there just kind of walking around with him. And we were friends. And, you know, he he always talked about making an athletic pass at the golf ball, making athletic motion at the golf ball. You can't make an athletic motion at the golf ball if you don't have good posture and good balance to begin with. And it's the same thing with every other sport. If you get yourself in a good athletic posture to start, chances are really good you're going to finish in good, balanced, athletic posture at the end.
2: Well, Bob, before I let you go, and thank you very much for that tip, you've talked about uh, the real estate business and what you're doing now, but uh, let folks know about that and how they can stay up to date with you, whether it's following you online or it's on social media.
1: Well, I do. uh, I have a website. It's bob. It's HowardHanna.com forward slash Bob Friend. And I also do, uh, you know, I'm also pretty active on Twitter, which is uh, at Bob Friend underscore golf usually throw a little some blurbs out there i follow my good buddy Bob Estes a lot and David Toms and Mark Kalkavecki all the guys that are old like me I follow all of them and we usually <laughs> will throw some uh pros out there I tell you what I especially love listening to is uh Curtis Strange Curtis always has a lot of really good things that he he throws out there and, and uh great competitor great guy and uh you know I'm just I'm just so delighted to be on your show anytime you want me on Chris I'll come and I just want to thank all the men and women serving in our armed forces all across the world. Thank you so much for providing that blanket of freedom for all of us.
2: Well, Bob, I can't thank you enough for continuing to be generous with your time and coming back. Always a a fun time having you as part of the show. I look forward to catching up and having you back on again real soon.
1: Anytime, Chris. God bless. And uh, let's get this thing cranked up and watch some sports.
2: There you go. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you later. You bet. That's a great Bob Friend and uh, Bob Friend underscore golf on social media. He's a great follow and he's a great guy. And like I say, you know, you go back and you look a guy who has been on as often as Bob has going all the way back to episode number three at the beginning of this show. um, What can you say about that? What a wonderful friend. What a wonderful gift that is to have him continue to come back and and we'll keep staying up to date with him. Hopefully we get him back on the show again soon. Before I get to my next guest, Russ Holden, I want to give a, a shout out to our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his vision was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And the craftsmen, they micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications, and they do so down in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You can only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment online at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them there today to learn about their great products and their great prices. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by
0: the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now
2: back to Chris and more of the show. And now back in making his seventh appearance with me as Russ Holden, let me uh, you know, talk a little bit about Russ and his background. You've heard me talking about the wonderful work that Russ does with his organization, Caddy for a Cure for Years. Russ and that organization help provide not only opportunities for wounded veterans to be the caddies for a day for some of the top players out on the PGA Tour, but they also gift life-changing things to our wounded veterans as well. Russ is also a Class A PGA professional, and he was the head golf professional at Woodfield Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida. It was there that he met Bernard Longer and became his caddy from 1991 to 2006. Russ also served as the caddy captain for the 2000 and, uh, 2004 European Ryder Cup team. Going back to his college days, he played golf at Malone University, where he was an NAIA All American in 1980. He was named All-Mid-Ohio Conference in 1980 and 81, and he was the Mid-Ohio Conference MVP in 1981 as well. He was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 1994. He's a wonderful friend of the show, and I'm excited to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Russ, how are you, my friend?
3: Oh, good evening, Chris. What a a beautiful uh, thing listening to Bob Friend, and uh, thank you for the Warm introduction. I can't believe this is my seventh time with you. That
0: that, uh, caught
3: me off guard. This is fantastic. I I always love being on the show with you. You just do a great job when, uh, uh, again, taking off where Bob left off. uh, I want to say hello and thank you so much for everyone that's uh, raised their right hand uh, to protect us and keep our freedoms and liberties that we so richly enjoy here.
2: Thank you for all those that are serving and listening now. I appreciate that, Russ. So before we get uh, get started tonight Russ, I I think congratulations are in order when I look at uh, your Facebook page new addition to the family.
3: We are, yeah, Dad, uh, Russ is a grandpa now. So uh, my son who's a PJ professional Brandon uh and his lovely wife Shannon uh who is the Nike rep for up in uh, Long Island uh from a very famous golf family the Burke family up in New Jersey uh gave birth to uh, Sadie on uh, April 26th and uh Sadie Michelle Holden was born, and uh, it's uh, quite a thrill watching my baby hold a baby, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been great. Uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable feeling being a grandfather.
2: Uh, no doubt. Congratulations, good for you. Thank um, you. And uh, update us on your kids, because to your point, Brandon's doing some great things. Your daughter Kayla is a, a heck of a young player. Looks like she's off to uh, the University of Tennessee here this fall. Talk about both of them.
3: Yeah, we're 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 really excited. You know, uh, Brandon uh you know, again, going back to Bob Friend, Brandon uh, was a baseball player and uh, uh played baseball all through uh, high school and uh had a pretty prolific career as a pitcher and uh, got drafted by Pittsburgh. Uh and the Pirates uh, picked him up and uh he ended up foregoing an education at the University of Florida and uh played professional baseball for six and a half years and tours rear labrum and ended his pitching career and uh they all turned to golf sooner or later chris and uh <laughs> indeed he did and uh, you know he's he had a 97 mile an hour fastball so for for whatever wow. reason he had some fast twitch muscles in there and uh hit a golf ball a mile and uh we entered him in some long drive uh competitions and he did very very well uh you know hit first first tournament he won he hit 379 and then he went out to the skeet at the world finals and hit one 450 out there and
2: oh my. Uh, a
3: bunch of hit dozens of drives over 420 yards uh, a little different elevation and whatnot but uh he's long he, he had to be in mid 140 club head speed and uh, uh you know that's hard on the body as well and uh, he learned very quickly that that was you know really just a a hobby long-term, and uh, wisely went into the golf business and uh, got a job working at Baltusrol, famed Baltusrol up in New Jersey, really? and served served there for four years, and uh, he moved over. He's actually at a lovely club now, working for James Ondo at the uh, Appawamas Club in Rye, uh, New York. So... Uh, he's got a lovely job up there and had a lovely membership and a great club, and I'm, I'm really proud of him. He's doing a fantastic job. And it won't be long until he's the head professional somewhere and uh, some lucky club is going to get him, and he'll do a great job at it. And uh, Kayla is a senior now in high school, and uh, as you mentioned, she, uh, we're really excited. We went through the recruiting process, which was exciting. And uh, there, at the end of the day, there was really – no other place that was home sweet home to us other than Knoxville, uh, and uh, we are just absolutely delighted that, that Kayla and the University of Tennessee are going to come together, and we're now an official Orange Vol family. Uh, everything we have pretty much is orange uh, here at the house, but uh, she's looking forward to to going up to Knoxville and playing for Coach Judy Pavone up there, who's who's really legendary. Uh, she's been there for over 20 years and uh, played herself on the LPA tour, went to the University of Alabama. And just a a, a wonderful family at the University of Tennessee. And it was exactly what what we were looking for and hoping for. And frankly, it was Kayla's decision, but uh, she did not even blink when they made the offer to her. Uh, That's where she really wanted to go. And and we're we're delighted to watch her go up there and try that.
2: Have they gotten any communication at all about what to expect uh, with the fall semester or the sort of wait and see based on what happens with COVID-19?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we, uh, uh, Kayla and Coach uh, Judy, uh, text often. Uh, in fact, she got some text from her today. And as far as we know right now, it's, uh, it's status quo and, and we're looking forward to orientation in, uh, in, I think it's June or July. And then school as of right now is expected to, uh, start again. You know, there was some big things with the NCAA that will affect Kayla. Um, not necessarily in a negative way, but it's going to affect all golfers, where the NCAA was very generous in giving all the spring sports another year of eligibility. So that changes kind of the com- complexity of, of how a uh, a team moves through your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. And uh, we just learned that the senior, uh, Michaela Williams, who was really one of their best players, is now going to come back and play another year. Uh, so. Uh, there was just Kayla and another girl um uh, uh, Vanessa and I don't remember her last name she's coming up from Venezuela um so they're the two freshmen coming in but uh they're they'll, they're going to join a good team and it's it's just a great group of girls and uh you know it's just uh coach Judy had really a great line she said you know we don't stress about things that we can't control and uh that's a great attitude and a great way to look at this and frankly it's one that we've sort of adopted here in the in the Holden household that uh You know we just don't have any control over a lot of things that are happening right now and it's a great way to to have perspective and look at it and again just another reason why we're glad that kayla and and tennessee have come together and chosen each other
2: well congratulations to her i i look forward to watching her success at the university of tennessee Um, thank you very much we're excited for our listeners who aren't familiar uh with caddy for a cure and we've been talking about it here on the show for years and the great work that you do for our wounded service men and women um, remind them all about the great things that you guys do
3: well thank you you know as you mentioned i had the great fortune of being the head professional at a, at a club here in south florida in boca raton where Bernhard langer resides the woodfield country club and uh, met him in the late 80s and uh, started out on a, on a secondary coaching uh, side with him And then uh, he had asked me to caddy for him one week. And uh, of all the things I'd done in the golf, caddied once in my life. And uh, he asked me to come on out at the PGA Championship when his longtime caddy, uh, Pete Coleman couldn't make it, and I, I gladly accepted that, and I was like a kid in a candy store. I, I was walking with the likes of Jack Nicklaus and Greg Norman and Arnold Palmer and Seve Ballesteros and all the great ones of that day and that era, and uh, I loved it, and I became really a thorn in, in Bernhardt's side and, and constantly uh, chiding Peter to uh, take a week off, and uh, I did that part-time for about 11, 12 years, and uh, you know, caddying two, three, four weeks a year whenever Pete couldn't make it, and uh, I loved it. It was it was just just fantastic. Um, and the the fateful call came when when Pete resigned permanently uh, in 2001, and Bernhard asked me to come on out as a little experiment, which ended up uh, being a full time gig for several years, and I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of travel and a lot of time away from home and there were aspects to it that uh I, I didn't necessarily like but but during that time uh I had been touched by a rare bone marrow disorder called Fanconi one of my assistants at Woodfield had two children with it uh Christian and Kaylin Collins and uh it, it really touched us it, it it was living breathing and dying with a family member that uh, had a had a, a very lethal disease and uh the both the boys are doing well today but uh way back when I knew somehow, some way that uh we wanted to make a difference and an impact on that disease. So eighteen years ago we started caddy for a cure, and then uh in two thousand and five I was caddying for Bernhard over in uh in, in Texas, in San Antonio, right by the Brook Medical Center, uh where many of our wounded go, either Walter Reed or Brook. And the PJ Tour, being very military patriotic, walked six young men down the range that had all lost legs, and uh it was a chilling sight for me. Uh, in fact, uh, Brandon, who I just mentioned, was about the same age as these young guys, and it, it was really the first time in my life that the impact of, of service and, and what it meant to sacrifice uh, really hit me between the eyes. So I said, hey, we've got this caddy for a cure, and Christmas Carol can come out and caddy for a Ricky Fowler. Why couldn't he be escorted by a wounded service member? so i had the idea and we went to the pj tour and uh it took them about three megaseconds to say yeah we love that and they were all in and uh we've been doing that and providing these experiences for our brave wounded now for uh, 14 years and uh, as you mentioned we've had great fortune to be able to to really do some some extra special blessings this to, to some of these these men and women um, we've given a home away uh we've given a service dog away we've uh, given bunch of bunch of things for 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 guys that that have young families and babies and things like that and in these experiences you know our our purpose of of it is is to really introduce them to the game at the highest levels if if they already play um hopefully it'll spurn them on to see a different side of the game that otherwise they never would have had the chance to be able to see and they'll play more and if they don't play well they're going to get introduced to the game really at the highest levels and then hopefully it'll spurn them to to play, because as golfers, Chris, you and I know that, that this game is incredibly therapeutic, uh, that, that this is an opportunity to get out in God's fresh air and green grass and get a respite. Uh, and, and, and it has the ability to let us get away from some of the things that may be troubling us with some of the uh, emotional things that, that many of these brave people have had to deal with that we just know that golf is just so awesome and and again being a pga member with the growth of the game initiative that we have as a pga of america uh you know we can't think of a better way to be able to to say thanks and and introduce people to the game so caddy for cure has been been very successful now in that regard for 18 years
2: and russ to your point, is it, there's so many of the great players out on tour that have gotten involved. Jack Nicklaus has been involved. Um, so many of those guys have been generous with their time and, and a part of the program. Are, are, are they going to get an opportunity to do that again this year? or How has COVID-19 interrupted the opportunity for for anybody to bid on and be able to be the caddy for some of these guys this year?
3: Well, obviously, everything's changed that uh, we're still, it's still a fluid uh, work in motion. I got an email today from the tour, uh, you know, about, uh, again, the attempt to try to start back up at the Charles Schwab Cup at Colonial. And, uh, you know, one of our favorite events, Hilton Head Island at RBC uh, is coming up after that. So we're kind of taking it as it as it comes right now. We've got a uh, I was at the Players Championship and i would gotten uh, quite a few players uh, lined up for, for events uh, in in the fall. Uh, Ricky Fowler had, had, you know, he's a huge supporter, and you know, pretty much uh, said said it took took three seconds to get him to say, yeah, he's in for this year. And we picked out, uh, I think it's Boston. We've got him, Tommy Fleetwood uh, is another great guy and uh, someone's support and Justin Thomas we we had Brooks Kepka is coming back um, we had had a bunch of players that are getting ready to uh, to come back and we're just kind of weeding through like everybody else waiting to see what's going to happen and and what the uh, safety precautions are going to be and um, you know it's dynamic and fluid and uh, we'll be back we'll definitely be back this year and uh, we've got uh, a, a whole list of, of wounded right now on our on our to-do list and a next-ups, and I've got got some really uh, uh, vetted and interviewed, and and you know f- know that they're more than worthy to to come and participate in our program, and, and we're we're anxiously looking forward to uh, to doing that uh, once once we get the all clear to go back into water, so to speak.
2: And Russ, uh, you were telling me prior to the show, and I mentioned at the top of the show you have a new program called Clubs for Charity. Talk about what you're doing there.
3: You know, we had an idea last year. I'm from a small school, as you mentioned, uh, we're a relatively small charity and, uh, you know, we're, we're about the we've always been about the small guy, you know, it's, uh, and we, we had an idea that, that how, how can we help all charities, not only small, but, but big as well. How could we help other charities? And, uh, We we found a company, um, I had an idea and and we reached out to a company up in Minnesota, a great company called Second Swing. Many of your listeners may know of them. They're really the granddaddy in in used golf clubs. And uh, I reached out to them and told them the idea that I had and uh, we worked together for several months and we developed this program, Clubs for Charity, where people really can give for free to the charity of their choice. And, uh, what's staggering, Chris, is there, and I mean, you probably already know this, but there's, there's over 40,000 veteran related, uh, 501c organizations in, in the country right now. There's just a plethora of great people out there doing, doing great things. There's all those spokes in the wheel out there. And, you know, even though COVID has hit, uh, even though our, 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 our whole world has come to a standstill, uh, all these charities still have needs. There are still things that go on. And you know, really, there couldn't be a more timely opportunity, or a more timely, a uh, uh, better time to come out with something like this, because people can simply go to the website clubsforcharity.com, and uh, what they can do is donate their golf clubs. Uh, you know, many of us, hit with nothing to do over the last six, seven weeks, have cleaned out our garages and cleaned out our offices, and 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 found, uh, you know, clubs lying around the house that we're not going to use anymore that uh, we know we're not going to do, and what do we do with them? You know, we can go through that hassle of putting them on eBay and taking pictures and uploading and hoping that people will pay and doing all that stuff. Second Swing has developed a program here that uh, is so simplistic, and it's so easy. And uh, you can simply say, hey, we you know, we love the Green Beret Foundation, or the Navy Seal Foundation, or Birdies for the Beret. There's so many great organizations out there. We'd like this donation to go to them, and that that organization will actually receive a cash benefit from your golf clubs. And uh, we even pay the freight. Second Swing's paying the freight for you. Um, you'll print out a shipping label right there. Tell us what you have put the organization's name that you want the money to go to, and then uh, just simply box them up, put the label on it, call FedEx, they'll come pick them up, and uh, you're going to get a beautiful tax receipt for whatever the value is that uh, Second Swing uh, designates, which you'll know right when you uh, fill out the form, and uh, you'll get the uh, tax receipt for 100% of that for ready for a cure. So it's um, we think it's brilliant. We've talked to uh, numerous organizations over the last couple of weeks. Uh, We were uh, all set to roll it out, really the week of the players, and then everything happened the way it did, so we put everything on hold. And and in retrospect, uh, we're really grateful that it kind of happened that way uh, because we went a whole different direction with it. Like I said, we know that that the needs are still there. The the kids at St. Jude still need help. Um, The the wounded in in the SEAL Foundation still need help. Military Warriors Support Foundation are still doing great things for our wounded, and they still need the help. Nothing has changed with regards to the need or the help. We've just found a way for you to be able to donate sort of cash-free. You've already paid for the golf clubs. They're already yours. There's no cash out of pocket that you have to give. And those golf clubs, uh, we came up with a little phrase, your clubs have never done so much good. And uh, we think it's a marvelous <laughs> program. Great. And we'd encourage all of our listeners, if you do have some clubs around, to uh, to consider using Clubs for Charity to get rid of some of your golf clubs.
2: That's a fantastic thing to do. And uh, as you're telling both stories about Caddy for a Cure and now, and now this for, um, for all the clubs that I've got sitting out in my garage that I thought, well, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to hold on to them. I know there are a couple of years, you know, a couple of generations ago where some of them you know, may have a little bit of sentimental value or this or that, but you know, my wife looks at me like, "Really? More golf clubs?" <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great way to 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 part with those and and to do something great with them. You're right; those those old golf clubs will never do as much good for me or any sentimental value that they may have as they will for uh, for helping out these causes. That's fantastic stuff. Good for you, Russ, for coming up with another way to give back and to help our wounded service men and women. That's fantastic stuff.
3: Well, thank you very much. And, and uh, we, we uh, you know, we look forward to providing these experiences for for our wounded. Uh, we just had a great experience at, at Bay Hill with world number one, Rory McIlroy. And uh, we had a young man, private first class, Jeff Maul. Uh, just uh, we've known Jeff. He was in our program six years ago at the Honda Classic and the, uh, the celebrity group. And he'd really never had a traditional, quote unquote, bag on the PGA Tour. And uh, an opportunity came available for Rory and uh he's over in Melbourne, Florida, and we brought him over and uh it was really uh it 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 was really surreal uh what what he was able to experience and and again almost at the end of every one of these experiences you know we we think that uh we go into it knowing that we're going to offer something really terrific to these young men and women. And we 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 really work hard to make sure they have a good time, that they get to meet as many players as possible, that they get to have as many pictures and, and just, you know, go through the equipment trailers, go up and down the range, go in the locker room, um, really see the tour from from inside out. We we go into it thinking we're gonna do so much for these young men and women and and almost to a T we walk away they did more for us than than we could ever do for them. And, and this situation with Jeff was no different. We spent three days one-on-one with Jeff, and we got to hear his whole story in depth. And uh, the, the trials and tribulations that we, he went through after he came back injured, badly injured, uh, you know, being homeless for two years, uh, finally finding a young Marine that was an advocate that served as an advocate for him, Uh, to get his disability uh, up to speed, and, uh, you know, he's now married, uh, got a lovely, wonderful wife, Megan, and they have a beautiful little girl, a year old right now, and uh, to see Jeff go full circle, and there he was with the number one player in the world for 18 holes, and Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson stopped and spent 10 minutes with him on the first tee, gave him a glove and took pictures and chatted him up, and, uh, you know, these are memories that he'll remember for the rest of his life. And, and, and I can assure you that we have memories that we're not going to forget from that week. And, uh, you know, it just it, it burns in our heart, and, and it just drives us more that we want to go out and do more and, 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 and can't wait for the, for the game to be back on so we can get back on tour and start offering these experiences out to more men and women.
2: Russ, before I let you go, remind our listeners again about the websites, both for Caddy for a Cure and then uh and then what you're doing with second swing so that we can uh we can support all the great things you're doing.
3: Thank you, Chris. Our our, our website, caddyforacure.com, and we spell it with a Y, C A D D Y, F O R A C U R E, Caddyforacure.com. Uh that'll give you the, the umbrella company of, of everything that we're doing. And then we started a new webpage, Clubs for Charity c-l-u-b-s-f-o-r-c-h-a-r-i-t-y, clubsforcharity.com. You can go there and you can read how the program, it's really simplistic. Uh, It'll take you right over to uh, the, the next page with Second Swing and what a great partner uh, up in Minnesota. These people are just so good. Uh, go to that website. You can read all about it. It's really easy. And, uh, hey, if you have some clubs out there and uh, your spouse or or, or, or or even yourself just want to get rid of some of those old golf clubs, um, you know, like I said, your, your clubs have never done so much good. And now's a, a really good time to uh, to not have to hit the hip but uh, make a real difference in somebody else's life. And, and you tell us who you want to help. Uh, If you want to help canines for warriors, uh, Bob and Sherry Duvall's great organization up in Jacksonville, which we love. Uh, There's so many canine organizations out there that just do great work. Um, As long as they're a 501C organization and we can recognize that, um, we'd be delighted to write them a check for you on your behalf.
2: Well, Russ, I can't thank you enough for all the great things that you continue to do for our wounded service men and women. I can't thank you enough for coming back and sharing those stories. And uh, I hope uh, you'll come back and uh, give us an update on how things are going later this year, uh, both with uh, both of those organizations that you've started, and then obviously update us on on your uh, your kids as well. Great stuff, my friend. Oh,
3: my goodness. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for having me on seven times. That's unbelievable. But uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you very much.
3: You're you're always great to, to have us on, and uh, we're, we're delighted and, and humbled to be a, a guest. And, and once again, thank you to all those men and women who are serving right now, we, we are, we are, we are America strong, as the Blue Angels and Thunderbirds are saying right now. We are America strong, and we appreciate your service. Thank you,
2: Russ. Take care, my friends. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Russ. Thank you. That's a great, Russ Holden, folks. And again, what a wonderful set of causes, right? Caddy for a Cure, and that's the A D D Y, like uh, like Russ said, and then ClubsForCharity.com. I think I know what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I got to get all those old clubs that I've had sitting around for a little while thinking, well, maybe maybe this or that. Maybe it's a little sentimental. No, they got to go do some good for some other folks. So I'll be boxing those up and sending them along. We'll get we'll get an update from Russ. We'll get him back on the show a little bit later on this summer. Before I get to my next guest, Chris Finn, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. Here you go. Right. Another positive thing. You can find them online at PositiveVibesGolf.com. Give them a follow on Twitter at P-Vibes Golf. Their head covers and putter covers are a very unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts because they're a great on-course training aid because when you go back to your golf bag and you see these head covers and these putter covers, they're going to put a smile on your face. See why I say that by going online to PositiveVibesGolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at P-Vibes Golf. All right, now back with me and making his third appearance on the show is Chris Finn. Chris is the founder for Par4Success, and that's a number four. So go online, par successcom They are a, a great golf, fitness, and physical thera- therapy company located up in Cary, North Carolina. Got an amazing-looking look- facility up there. They can help you get more out of your game, and they can help you do so with la- less pain. As a guy who deals with a lot of lower back pain, God knows I could use the help that Chris has. He is a licensed physical therapist and a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He is uh, Titleist Performance Institute certified, as well as being a uh, certified nutrition coach. He's grown power for success from being a physical therapy company that was essentially run out of the back of his car to now being into what Goldman Sachs once said was one of their top, you know, one of the 10,000 small businesses poised for growth. He's done a wonderful job and he's a great guy and I'm excited to have him back with me again tonight here on next on the tee hey chris how are you my friend
0: i'm doing great chris how you been it's great to be on again i
2: appreciate you how are things going up in north carolina
0: they've been good they've been uh, a little slower with everything going on but uh you know we at least the golf courses have been open so um those have been anything but slow you can't get a tee time three four days out now <laughs> is that right yeah oh they're the golf courses are packed yeah if you want a tea time, you' got to book it you know four plus days in advance
2: Wow for your uh, business how 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 are you dealing with social distancing and and all of that when you're trying to do physical therapy and you got people training in the in the uh in the facility you have up there
0: well we've got it's, been, it's definitely been challenging We have you know the governor here in North Carolina shut down gyms uh probably five or six weeks ago uh there's the gyms from a fitness perspective are actually still closed. So that's a that was a big part of our business that uh, we've had to get creative. And we we as a physical therapy clinic, that's the other part of our business. We you know technically are essential, so we've been able to keep that open and and kind of it's been interesting as people are home more and playing a lot of golf, <laughs> having a lot of injuries. Uh, people playing a lot more, so uh, so we've been able to to you know keep that going. And uh, we actually we started a a, a live stream home workout basically we call it par for success tv uh we have a the whole on demand with you know getting upwards of 100 different workouts and challenges that people can do from home we've designed them all so everyone can do them at home so we've gotten creative and we obviously we have our, our custom online uh golf fitness coaching that has been doing pretty well since everybody's at home <laughs> uh and can't go to their gyms now uh either so we've been adapting i think like uh just like every other small business out there trying to Trying to figure it out and help people, you know, continue to stay as healthy as they can while they're home and and dealing with everything that they're dealing with.
2: And Chris, for for those of us who either haven't been able to get out there and, and start to play it because we, you know the restrictions haven't been lifted, uh, or those but, of us that have played and you know, you know pause got put on it, and and now all of a sudden we've been at home for a long time and we need to start to get loosened up and get our bodies ready to play and and not end up you know, sore and down for a couple of days afterwards because we weren't ready to go out there again. Talk about some of the things that you are showing on these videos that can help us limber back up and get our bodies ready to play.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the number one thing for anyone is always going to be taking a look at we, we kind of call them the four main rot- rotary centers or you know, basically in the golf swing. You rotate from your neck, your shoulders, your your spine and your hips. And so a lot of times what we're seeing is, you know, people sitting at home after a lot of people complaining of zoom call after zoom call yes. all day at home. Uh, so, so you know, if you're, you have increased sitting or, you know, basically the, the number one thing when you go out to play is you want to make sure that you can rotate in those, in those four main areas. Um, so that's, you know, we actually, we have the, the home assessment that, uh, that I always offer every time I come on here, we have the, Your own, your, your own custom link is just parforsuccess.com slash next. Um, and, you know, just for any of the listeners, you know, as a, as just kind of a thank you for listening to the show, they can go on there for free and they can download that. And that, that would be the first step to just check, check themselves out just to make sure that they, um, are able to actually rotate. Um, you know, then I think from there, assuming that those are good, um, you know, then it's really, it's making sure they're, they're doing a, a good warm up before they play and, I think the big thing that we see in terms of injury is there's a huge increase in the volume of swings. So swinging, if you're usually playing once a week or once every other week, and now you're going out and playing three times in a week, plus maybe hitting some balls, you know, you're, you know, you're basically, there's a huge influx and that's, that's where we'll tend to see those injuries when you haven't been doing anything. And then all of a sudden you're able to start going out, you know, a lot, a lot of the States where you can't go out and play and when, when the course is open, there'll be a, you know, kind of a a dash to the, to the course. And it's really making sure as much as you can, that your body is able to handle what you're about to go do, which is go from zero to over a hundred miles an hour in a lot of cases and, in less than one second and do that repeatedly. Um, so, so I think the first thing is always, I'm a big proponent of assess, make sure you can actually get from point A to be from point A to point B in those, particularly those four main rotary centers. Um, but then there's, there's a lot of ways to be creative in terms of, keeping your strength up and staying limber. And um, you know, I think we tend to break kind of the workouts and there's a there's always a mobility piece to it. So, you know, whether it's soft tissue work and rolling on a foam roller or a ball and uh, some stretching and then, you know, getting into actual some creative strength work that you can do at home, you know, with very minimal equipment, um, you know, household items and core work and um, just kind of keeping your body moving. So, you know, we've been able to actually see people continue to make pretty significant improvements and not only mobility and strength, but, you know, obviously what everyone cares about, you know, clubhead speed continuing to go up even with limited, limited equipment. So if, if you know kind of what you need, you know, the assessment's always a great place to start. It's, you can actually get pretty good results with minimal equipment.
2: And it's interesting. You mentioned some of this stuff, Chris, because, um, we were obviously sheltered in place for a long time here in Georgia. Um, And one of the things that, that I did to compensate, if you will, is I bought a, you know, big net for the backyard, you know, a a nice patch of AstroTurf and, and, uh, you know, would go out there at different points, you know, during the day and swing, you know, I try to do some minimal stretching in between, but what I've noticed is I'm certainly swinging way more than I have in in years, but now I'm Mm -hmm. sore in my hips. Like I, you know, I wake up the next day, I can barely move. Because I, you know, whether I'm, you know, and I'm taking, you know, probably 120 swings, a, you know, it's not a day, but it's probably every other day, and boy, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling like heck to get out of bed in the days in between. What can I do to fix my hips?
0: Yeah, well, I think that's where you're not alone, Chris. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of guys you know, talking to them on the phone, or we're seeing them, you know, coming in, and the same, same kind of situation. And I think when, when you're sore somewhere, the question is always you know, it has to be kind of, okay, why am I sore there? Um, clearly there's really only two options. Generally number either one, either you don't have the, you know, the, the required mobility in your hip to get, you know, all the way through. So you're basically think of driving your car into a brick wall repeatedly, drive it in the wall, hit, put it in reverse, drive it in the wall again, hit reverse. <laughs> you do that enough times the <laughs> front end of your car is going to be destroyed, right? So, right. So think of, you know, you just, running into a brick wall 120 times every other day. Like, yeah, you're going to be sore the next day. Um, so I think that's the first, is like, you know, take the home assessment. Do you have enough motion in the hips? Um, a lot of times where you're sore actually is okay. And there may be another area, you know, that is limited. And so you're overusing the area that can move to compensate for the area that can't move. That's very, very common where, um, you know, it's, it's very common to see like a hand or a wrist injury or elbows hurting and it's because of a limited hip. And so you're overusing the upper body and, and you can see vice versa. Um, so that'd be option one. Uh, if all the mobility looks really good and you don't have a brick wall that you're driving into, um, then really the only other common issue is it's just your tissue is not used to that much load. So you you you're basically there's an adaption period where you kind of have to get used to doing that much. But you can prevent that soreness the next day by doing some targeted, you know, rolling on a ball or a foam roller, you know, around the hips and the areas that are tend, tend to be sore when you wake up. Um, so you know, I keep going back to the home assessment, but you know, that's the only way to know which one of those it's going to be is uh, really, you know, try not to guess. We, we, we like to assess and see, you know, if the hips are limited, then I would start with improving the mobility in the hips. And that probably helps a lot. Um If all mobility is good then we'd look at I and mean, we have a tons of tons of videos on our youtube uh channel like we actually have we did a whole 20 minute round table discussion and on um, like stuff to do exercises to do during quarantine and then we have our, our mini series i think this is probably new since i was on last time right? where we do kind of three to five minutes of actual like demonstrations of different stuff to do whether it's trx at home or, or body weight work um there's so i on like rolling and actually how to interpret the home assessment. So that'd be a great resource, free resource for everybody, too, is um, definitely check out the the YouTube channel as well. But, um, you know, examples of how to roll out your hips and, and do those sorts of things. But uh, but we definitely I think the first step is we've got to get you on the take the assessment and then we'll we can report back to the listeners on, on how you did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> One of the other areas, Chris, and I know we talked about this last time, but one of the other areas that a lot of us uh, really struggle with is lower back. I know I'm a guy who's got lower back pain. Um, I I find myself, the the only way that I can really get through a round of golf is I'm constantly sort of stretching, bending over and touching my toes and holding that for 20 or 30 seconds to kind of get my lower back loosened up. So I can tee off. I, I do that several times throughout the round, but for those of those that are like me that, have a lot of issues with our lower back what are some of the things we can do there yes
0: yeah, so i think the the two the number one most common uh, i guess cause or, or or relationship that we see to low back pain is going to be your lead hip being limited in its ability to rotate um so basically if you can't rotate into your for a right-handed player rotate into your left leg or you know, vice versa for a lefty um if that leg is limited then basically you have to end up arching and side bending with increased, uh, you know, just increased distance. And then the, basically the overback gets overworked or the lower back gets overworked, and that's where it feels really, really tight. So it kind of feels good to bend over, touch your toes, and kind of let those muscles stretch a little bit. Um, it's actually really easy to do. And I encourage, you know, let's, I mean, we can do it right now. Like you're just sitting, you know, foot on the foot on the ground, and anyone listening should do this too. Um, you know, let's take if you're a right-handed player, do it with your left leg. If you're a left-handed player, do it with your right leg pick your, uh, I'm I'm right-handed, so I'm going to pick my left foot about an inch up off the ground. I'm going to try to kind of keep my knee where it is and just rotate my foot out to the side um, as far as I can go without leaning away from that leg. And normal would be 45 degrees. So if you think of your shin angle as kind of zero when it's, you just pick that foot an inch up off the ground, rotating it out to the side, it should get out about 45 degrees. So obviously 90 degrees would be parallel to the ground. It's about halfway to there. Um, like how far does yours go, Chris?
2: I'm about 45 degrees. I feel pretty good about that, actually.
0: That's good. Awesome. Yeah. So then, if so, that would be the most common. That that is actually very uncommon for somebody to get 45. So the fact that you're there, then we would know that it's probably not a mobility problem. You're not a guy driving your Porsche into a brick wall, right? So <laughs> then, so, so then the question becomes: Okay, you can get there. But may, it's more more than likely for you that your tissue isn't like uh, strong enough, your muscles aren't strong enough to withstand that volume of swinging that you're doing. Uh, and for some people, that may be you know happen at 500 swings. For some people, it may happen at five swings. Um, you know, we've seen people at, of all different levels. You know, I had a top tier uh, junior golfer who committed to Clemson when she was in eighth grade. She had been out for six months because she couldn't play. Um, she had phenomenal mobility so she passed all the, that mobility test that you just did but when we looked at her actual like tissue like her ability to withstand how fast she was swinging it was nowhere near what she could do so the general uh, idea of that is you know the rolling you know loosening up the tissue and then helping it get stronger so that it doesn't lock up and cause that back to get tight um, so you know for instance for her she's walking multiple you know, playing 36 in a day now and and you know, we didn't do anything to improve mobility. What all we did was get her stronger. Uh, and we say that a lot. A lot of times with people who have good mobility, um, but they're getting that kind of soreness. Like you feel okay going to bed, and you wake up in the morning, and you feel like you aged 30 years overnight. Um, right. That's usually just because of the tissue locked up.
2: So, one of the things you've talked about are, are rollers, and and I've seen you know videos and all that sort of stuff, and people using rollers on their hips and the outsides of their legs and that sort of thing. And I've always thought like, what, what could that possibly do? Is it a massage thing? Yeah. What, or for, for me and for those that have wondered the same, what does that do for you?
0: That's a great question. Um, I think if you think of, you know, if you're wearing a long sleeve shirt or short sleeve shirt, you know, whatever type of shirt you're wearing, you have a sleeve. And that is around your arm. So if you think of this sleeve, it basically is the fascia. So all of our muscles have a sleeve around them. It's called fascia. Um, So you think of it, you know, if you raise your arm up, you know, anyone listening right now, you know, raise your arm up and what does your sleeve do? It slides down your arm, right? So you're able to get your arm up over your head. If you took your opposite hand and you grabbed the underbelly of that sleeve and held it like tight to your side, and now you try to lift your arm, does your arm go anywhere? Not as far, right? feels restricted, feels tight. Um, yep. So healthy tissue, there's a very clean relationship between the, the sleeve and your arm or the sleeve and the muscle where they glide freely and they move. What happens when you don't have the strength or the tissue quality isn't great or there's been an injury uh, is basically think of putting double sided duct tape under uh, underneath your sleeve and taping it to your arm. <laughs> and so that that basically is the like when you're holding your sleeve. That's basically what's happened. So what the, when you do rolling the correct way, your goal is to get rid of your hand holding your sleeve, to release the sleeve, and now your arm can return to normal. It's less than 5% of the time, is it actually, even you know, guys who can't touch their toes, very rarely is it, a, is it a length issue where the muscle needs to be six inches, and right now it's only three inches. You know, I'd say nine out of 10 times plus it's the sleeve problem. Um, so I think there's a lot of videos out there, You know people just rolling up and down on a roller and. That actually doesn't do anything. It just hurts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the right the right way to do that, and we have a lot of these videos on our YouTube page. I think our exercise library, we're actually updating it. I think it's up to, I think we're about halfway of all the exercises that we have getting them up there. And we got about 300 videos on there on the exercise. And so people can check out like rolling their hips and we've got great demos on there on how to do it. Uh, but The key is what we call pin and strip. So like uh, actually for the hips, what I'd recommend is a baseball or a lacrosse ball you kind of sitting on the ground on it and basically you roll around on the on the ball until you find a spot that really hurts. Usually it's going to make you yell out a four letter word, it'll kind of turn your face bright red. <laughs> um, but that's when when you make that face then you know you've hit the right spot. And then you actually stop. It's counterintuitive. You stop and you you stay where it hurts. And one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to kind of release and all of a sudden it doesn't hurt as bad, in which case that's good. That's the sleeve kind of relaxing. Um the other scenarios if it really still kind of hurts then what we need to do is just kind of strip that sleeve out you know that restriction off and that's where we'd start to actually move your leg up and down while you keep the ball in the spot that's really uncomfortable um it's hard to, a little hard to verbalize but i encourage everyone just go to youtube go to bar for success there's tons of videos there of how to roll how to do tissue work um, but you definitely i always joke that i wish they didn't name it a foam roller Cause it gives a misconception that you just kind of roll up and down. A lot of people will do it like on the, on their IT bands on the side of their thighs and they just roll and roll and roll. Really the more effective way is to, you kind of roll until you find the spot that really hurts. You stop, stay on that spot and then try to move your, your whatever joint it is to get the muscle to move kind of out from underneath that restricted, you know, where that ball or that, that roller is actually applying the pressure. Cause the goal is that we want, we don't want our hand to be grabbing onto our sleeve. We want our sleeve to be able to glide nice and freely, have a very nice gliding relationship with you know, the, the layers of the muscle, just like we, our sleeve.
2: So, do you recommend doing that sort of exercise, if you will, uh, with a, like a lacrosse ball, or should we be looking on Amazon or somewhere to find the right roller so that we can do it the right way? Uh, <laughs>
0: we're not affiliated with a rolling company, so they'll, they'll charge you a lot of money. <laughs> so, my, my recommendation is go to like a you. Go to the local high school, you know, lacrosse field, steal a lacrosse ball from there. Go buy a used one, or go to your neighbor's next door. You know, you can get a lacrosse ball for literally like five bucks or less, and that will do just as good as a job as a lot. Some of these you you can buy, you can pay end up paying thirty bucks for like a specialty trigger point ball or a a fancy roller that vibrates and does all this other stuff. You can get really, really, really good results with a simple baseball that you found in your garage or your kids' lacrosse ball or, uh, you know, a softball, I think the key is it just has to be hard. Um, And obviously the, the bigger the ball, the more surface area there is, the less it'll dig in. Um, So I think the two that I most commonly that we use will be a lacrosse ball and a softball. Um, But, you know, certainly a baseball works pretty good. Um, The laces can, can dig in pretty nice in
2: some areas. That sounds painful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Help. Yes, a little right.
0: bit of a little bit of a of a sadist sometimes in terms of creating pain <laughs> for yourself. But um, but yeah, I think it's it's it is it is really the one scenario and, and kind of health and fitness where no pain, no gain, like actually is does apply. And that if you find something that hurts while you're rolling, that is unhealthy tissue. That should not healthy tissue doesn't hurt when you roll on it. Um, if it's hurting, that should be a red flag to you. Um, and that but that's the type of stuff after you hit those hundred take those hundred twenty things, Chris. You do that at night before you go to bed, and particularly if you do it in the right areas. I guarantee you feel 100 times better when you wake up in the morning and think, oh, maybe I'll go hit some swing again today. So it's, it's about helping people to recover, particularly as we age. That recovery process becomes harder. And, and that's that's really, really key to the longevity
2: in the game. So that's a great piece of advice. And I'm certainly going to take you up on that and see how it goes. I'll let you know um, that last piece I mean, for for someone like me just turned 55. Um, what, what being at home has allowed me to do is to try to actually start to get back in, in better shape because I, I don't lose the commute hours. I don't have to stop at a gym. Oh. I can just do things here at my house. But for those of us that, you know, maybe a little out of shape, maybe we're carrying an extra pound or two, what are some good exercises for us to kind of ease our way back into getting into shape? And then it may have a, you know, a, a good benefit for us as we start to play golf.
0: Yeah, I think the low hanging fruit is definitely always the mobility side of things. Um, you know, we'll see just to give people kind of a, I guess a concrete number. I mean, we'll see just by addressing if somebody has mobility limitations, just by improving those mobility numbers within four weeks, like, you know, generally if you do it consistently, say three to five times a week for 15 minutes, you can certainly see two to three miles an hour of swing speed increase so i mean you're approaching you know 10 yards just by getting more mobile um and then after that then i think just the basics of you know body weight if you don't have much equipment and looking at you know body weight you know push-ups body weight squats um, you know if you're looking at kind of double arm double leg movements those are you know the two we look at the the power of the movements that have the highest correlation to club head speed because Ultimately, if you're going to work out and with golf in mind, you want to do movements that are going to move the needle for you on the course. Um, and so that's where we look at the number one kind of correlation, the strongest relationship of any test we've we've looked at in over 1,200 golfers in our database at this point. The vertical leap, or how much power vertically you can put into the ground, is the number one correlator to club at speed. So that's where you want to think of how, different ways at home that you can work on getting getting or keeping your legs stronger. Um, So whether that's just basic squatting, uh, whether that's lunges, um, you know, stair, you know, doing kind of step ups, if you have a, I have a hearth in front of our fireplace, you could do step ups on a hearth or, um you know, on your porch, you know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but those would be simple exercises to get started that are going to have a direct impact in terms of how much force you can put into the ground, which has a direct impact on how much speed you can put through that golf club. Um and then the other you know a seated chest pass with a medicine ball is the other one that's extremely highly correlated with with club head speed um so you know your ability to create power pushing through your arms um those are you know that, that's another one that's you know push ups you can do anytime anywhere <laughs> um yeah so I think those would be like with no equipment absolute basics um those would be good starting points depending on age and quality of joints you could certainly be looking at you know squat jumps you could get into some You know, simple plyometric kind of jumping activities at home. Um, but then, you know, most people, then the next level would be bands. So if you have some bands at home, um, you know, then with bands, you can actually look at, you know, I always call it like a start kind of sideways and you kind of step and punch. So you're working on rotation, but you're working on, you know, sequencing. Are, how are you, are you driving off the inside of your trail foot, clearing that left leg, finishing on that lead leg? And did you start the motion with your lower body and then finish it with your upper body? Or are you driving everything with your upper body? So that's a great way to simple exercise, work on some speed, because it's not going to be a ton of load, but you can work on some speed sequencing how you're using the ground and kind of transferring the, the lower body strength and that push power into a golf-specific movement. Um, so those would be just a couple simple ones to start with, very limited equipment, you know, obviously mobility first and foremost, but if you're looking for some strengthening exercises. Those are or speed exercises. Uh, those are definitely some some simple, easy go-to's that that people could use.
2: Chris, before I let you go, remind our listeners again how they can get more information about your company, all the great things that power for success and you are doing, and then uh, uh, follow you on social media as well.
0: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think from what our conversation has been tonight, I think definitely. For listeners, check out our YouTube page. That's going to give you the, a ton of value uh, in terms of exercises to try. We've got a number of episodes and practical episodes on there, a couple different shows that we do, just kind of giving you a lot of information and understanding. You know, obviously, our website is just par, the number four, success.com. Um, and I'd encourage anybody who is kind of serious about really wanting to play the game for a long time, maybe gain a few yards back that they've lost over the years, definitely check out the home assessment. It's, it's a great kind of eye-opener. Um, and I always include with that, you know, I'm happy to jump on a call with anybody who wants to kind of go over their results, you know, personally with me and, and kind of give them some insight in terms of things that they could do. Uh, so that's just parfsuccess.com slash next. Um, that's all. Uh, so that, I think that those would be some great resources for them to check out.
2: Well, Chris, I can't thank you enough for coming back and being a part of the show and, and doing the the uh, assessment again. and putting it out there for our listeners to go check out. I know I'll be back out there again tomorrow, checking it out again. And, uh, and certainly on the YouTube channel, because I I certainly have a ton to learn and uh, to get my, get my hips back from being sore, get my lower back in shape and, and uh, hopefully at the end of the day, adding uh, five to 10 more yards to my drive. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh, my pleasure, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, I'll shoot you over some, uh, some videos. I think that'll be, of help. you have to report back and let me know how you're feeling in the mornings. Uh, But some some good starting points for you, I think.
2: Thank you. I will absolutely do that. And then I hope you'll come back and be a part of the show again, catch up with you a little bit later this summer. We can all talk about how much better we're doing, thanks to you.
0: (laughs) Would love to. We'll talk to you soon, Chris. All
2: right. Take care, Chris. Okay. That's a great Chris Finn. Again, it's par the number four success.com forward slash next for that assessment. Again, I took it uh, well, before the last time, I probably after the first time Chris was on the show and, uh, found out some areas that uh, I needed to work on where I lacked mobility. I'm going to go back out there and see, based on my baseline, what's new or different. Because, uh, you know, to his point, I'm out there swinging a whole lot more than I have in years, uh, more frequently. And, uh, boy, my hips have been giving me a problem. and I've had a lower back problem for years and years. Uh, so, Figuring out how I can strengthen that tissue—that's something that that uh, struck a chord with me—is when you roll around and you feel and you and you and you feel that sore spot. It that's just because the tissue hasn't been built up to where it needs to be built up. So that's that's at least a, a sigh of relief, and there's no injury probably there. It just needs to be strengthened. So I need to be strengthening. And for everybody who knows me, and I know my boy Angelo Kane will be listening uh, to this show as a podcast uh, probably later this week. The first thing he's going to say to me is you haven't exercised your legs. You do all upper body. You never do legs. You got to do legs. So I uh, will certainly be incorporating some of his uh, some of Chris's videos from the YouTube channel into my routine. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks again to Bob Friend, Russ Holden and Chris Finn for joining me. Please check out our website, NextOnTheTee.net to stay up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. You can also stream this show on great podcasting sites. Can't thank the folks over at podcast.co and that's just CO podcast.co. Those guys have been great to us as, as have the folks over on pod being very supportive of this show. Can't thank them enough for that. We're also available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Player.fm. If you've got a favorite podcasting site, we're probably on it. Folks, Again, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show tonight and continuing to make us a part of your golfing content. We really appreciate the fact that you come back and listen every week. Until next week, hit them straight, my friend.